welcome to this week's episode of the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your host, Mortz, and I'm joined by my handsome colleague, as ever, Sato Dan. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Mate, I'm very well, thank you very much. Thank you for the kind intro. How about your fine self? Mate, it's uh, always a pleasure doing these podcasts after a win. Even though our listeners drop from uh, three to two, it's uh, it's fantastic to, uh, to be able to talk about a win that I don't know how we got, Dan. Well, at some stages it looked like we were no hope, then at others it looked like we were going to romp home, and then at others it looked like we couldn't hold the ball. So, yeah, pretty much sums it up. How do we get it done? Well, I, I want to talk, before you know, we go in and, and speak too much about it, I want to talk about the final five minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah. Just the, the alarmingness that, you know, something really stuck out. I think you're going to know what I'm talking about here, but it was our game management and the lack thereof. Now, coming into the finals, this is probably a great hit-out for us to have because, you know, if we hadn't had a game like this going into the finals and then you get a close game and you don't manage it, we don't win that game in a final series. So, mm-hmm. you know, with five minutes to go, our halves need to be turning around going, all right, we've just got to kick to the corners now and pin them down there and defend our way. Um, they had it look like breaking our line at all all night. Both of their tries came off terrible refereeing decisions. True. So the final five minutes, you know, we, you know, Moylan tried to kick the ball on the fourth tackle and he kicked it into the bloke's hand, which was so unlucky. I watched the replay today. And the guy literally turned his head and stuck his hand out and Moylan kicked it right into his hand. Um, Talakai, uh, sorry, Nico Hines throws the ball at, uh, Toby Rudolph, like like it shot out of a cannon. We defend our line again, and then Talakai gets stripped, and eventually weighted possession. They crash over next to the post and score. But you know, in those three sets, you, that, that's you can't play football like that, especially come the finals time because we would just get eaten up. Yeah, absolutely. It was lucky that Seas were a little bit off. To be honest, Cody Walker was too busy about playing silly buggers. The Troll Mitchell went largely missing in that that second half. They only need that little bit of quality, and they probably would have scored a couple of tries. I honestly can't remember us having the ball in their half in the last 10 minutes. I can't remember them not being in their half in the last 10 minutes. It seemed like every time we'd make it to the 40 on the third or fourth, you're thinking, oh, you beauty, here comes the kick, here comes the tackle. Pin him in the corner, force an arm wrestle, exactly as you alluded to. Kept losing the ball. You know, Toby's running a decoy, and Nico throws it into his chest. Absolute hospital pass, awful. And Nico, to his credit, said immediately in the post-match when he was interviewed, I felt responsible for that, so I had to get the boys home. That that was really good to see. Apart from that one Moylan drop goal attempt, which you know he was never going to kick, even in his A-day, I can't remember us having any sort of, you know, we didn't even look like troubling them until the game winner. So... In the way, looking back at it, I mean, it's a game we probably should have lost that we won, and that's a sign of a good team because, you know, we don't typically do that very often as the Sharks. I mean, if you have a look at the stats, if I, if I was to read you the stats of the game, you would not believe that we have we've won this game. We had less possession. We had forty-seven percent of the ball compared to fifty-three to South. We completed at seventy-three percent. South completed at eighty-four percent. We missed forty-three tackles on the night. South Sydney missed 22. We had 12 errors, to, uh, 12 errors to South 7. We had 200 metres less on 20 less runs. We had more kick metres. We had less line breaks. And we won the penalty count. 
But everything about those stats that I just read to you there suggests that we should have lost that game or lost comfortably. Absolutely, it does. And to be honest, for the probably opening half an hour, it looked like we were well en route to lose that game very well. You know, there's something, there's something wrong with us as a club because Newtown started really slowly too. In the last few weeks, both sides have failed to really come out. You know, I know we played some difficult opposition and, and to our credit against Penrith, we came out firing and fell away. There's just just not seen that 80-minute performance yet. But in saying that, those stats you read out to me says South by 20. So to win that game says a lot about the grit and determination the boys showed in defence. I honestly thought that once Ronaldo scored that try, and that try from Ronaldo, we'll talk about it later, but I thought once Ronaldo scored that try, going to the break here, you know, six points up, Fitz is sitting there saying to the boys, I don't know how we're in front, but let's just go on from here. And then the first set in the second half, they marched 70 metres, put a bomb up, fair enough, Ronaldo gets taken out in the air and he gets called for a knock-on when he didn't knock it on. Um, but... You know, like, that's the only way that... So, South's first try came off that horrible call from the touch judge who needs to be sacked for that mm-hmm. decision. He was right there and he said Ronnie ripped it out. Ronaldo's hands were on the ground. Yeah, it wasn't within a metre. Um, and and then the the knock-on. Um, yeah, it was... It, it, it just, like, the, the officiating performance, like, Gerard Sutton is meant to be the game's best referee and his performance on the night was absolutely diabolical as well. But... Um, yeah, just everything from that 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 I just read out there. I, I don't know how we won the game, Dan. I'm glad we did, but I don't know how we won it. But it didn't feel like South Sydney. You know, it, it felt like they were they were breaking our line easily. But it felt that when they got ten meters out from the line, they didn't know how to to score because they couldn't get around us, and they were having a rough time of getting through us until just some lazy marker play. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird game. It was a weird game. Unfortunately, we lost that early battle. Totola absolutely monstered us early on. He was untouchable. I think he had like 98 metres in like the 15th minute. He was kicking the shit out of our forwards. I was really disappointed with that that opening effort. I dare say it's time for that Hamlin Ueli to start switch we've been talking about for a couple of weeks. Tom Burgess, when he came on, you know, he he showed, you know, he's, well, let's be honest, he's not the form forward of the competition, but we made him look like it. By all accounts, he should have won the game for him late on when he made that break. So Latrell had such an off day with the boot. Look, it's hard to say we deserved, we deserved to win that game because we probably didn't. But as you mentioned, when they were 10 metres out, it didn't look like they were going to score. Like, Cody Walker was barely sighted. I think we kept Damian Cook really quiet. You know, Luttrell had his moments. I know he scored a try and he looked dangerous. But when he went to centre, I think Ramian largely handled him very well. So, it's one we got away with. I definitely feel that way. But then again, I mean, you never really felt like South were going to equal up until Totola, who probably was best on ground, deserved that try, scored. Just with that, I think it was a pretty clear try. There was a few people that were talking about a double movement. Look, in slow motion, it did look like that. But he landed half a centimetre, you know, short. And it's hard to land and stop completely. So I'm okay with the try. Just wanted to get that out there. I also want to admit, again, Terry, as I did on Outlaws, everyone jump on and watch the show. Make sure you buy our shit. For feeder. Overlap. I'm screaming. What are you doing? Why are you running? He scores. 
I've never shut up so quickly in my life. My son just turned to me and as if to say, what now, Dad? And all I did was cheer because we scored. Yeah, look, it was, it, was, it was a vintage run. People are saying it was a vintage performance from Andrew Fafita. That's not a vintage Andrew, Andrew Fafita performance. Like a vintage Andrew Fafita performance was, you know, 230 metres and 30 tackles and 100, you know, tackle breaks. But it was a vintage run. Yes. Uh, it was a great try, and I'm, I'm glad he scored his first try since 2020. Um, it did look so familiar, mate. I feel like I've seen that somewhere before. Wasn't quite the grand final try. Oh, it definitely wasn't. He, he had to spin around, but uh, yeah, look, it was a, it was a, it was a great try. It, it was, was a beauty. We needed it. Um, what about the afters? Giving you and I the big yeah, yeah. What now, boys? Yeah, what now? What now? It's like get back to the bench, fatty. You're tired. Ah, but, Terry, Dan, what do you got to say? Huh? But it was look. It, it was a great performance, and you can't take that away from him. Absolutely, um, it was a great run, you know, to say the to say the least. But you know, he's still getting caught out. He's still crabbing across the field. Teams are targeting him defensively. Um, speaking defensively, we had three ta- three players make uh, over fifty tackles in this game, but the one missed tackle next to Blake Braley's name, he will never want to see again. It was disgusting. I knew straight away because those. Listening to the podcast for the first time. Apologies. Uh, Terry isn't always the biggest fan of young yeah, number nine. Uh, he's happy to admit when he plays well, but doesn't hold any punches, doesn't pull any punches, rather, when he plays badly. As soon as he missed that tackle, I turned to my son and said, Oh, Terry's going to give me so much shit this week. It was disgusting. Look, it didn't make it any better that I'd been hammering Cam McInnes for dropping that ball over the line, and Burgess ran through McInnes and Braley together, so I nearly spontaneously combusted. Yeah, look, it wasn't great. McInnes played very well otherwise, I have to say. No, Braley put an arm out. It was Scott Drinkwater-esque, as we saw against us when Katoa went through. Um, look, Burgess should have won the game from right there and then. Be- the, 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 most, the most concerning thing from that was Damian Cook was down receiving treatment for about 40 seconds on tackle four. Mm-hmm. Our defensive line is completely set, and we have the two smallest blokes standing next to each other on the field. In the middle. Tom Burgess was going to run that ball. It was ridiculous. I thought the game was over. I thought he was going to run down. thought the troll was going to slot the field goal for sure. When, he, when it went up, I knew straight away he'd missed because the Sharks behind the um, – Behind the goal line, let him know he missed. Which is the only way I knew the Nico Hines thing went over too. One, his arms went up, and two, the crowd went ballistic. Yeah, so the the, the two two field goals, two prominent field goals in front of us, Matt Moylan's second attempt, it was on target, and then it hadn't been breezy all night, Augusta Wynn took it. It, it, it. it didn't miss by much, and it would have just crept over. <laughs> well, look, Moylan... Playing out of his skin. I don't know why they kept going to Moylan, though. Nico's there to win those games. But you could hear it. You could hear when when Moylan had the first two cracks, you could hear Cody Nicarima screaming at South, Nico left, Nico left, Nico left. So they weren't expecting Moylan to take those shots. And also, uh, the second shot that Moylan took, Nico Hines got caught on the fourth tackle. Yeah, well, there you go. That's just brilliant from Moisa. Hey, that um, I'm glad that tackle didn't cost us the game though, because I'm feeling the well, the feeling of tonight would be very, very different. Yeah, uh, look, let's just talk about the standout performers uh, before we talk about the uh, the controversy that happened late in the game. We've seen Sid Vitalik by 231 meters from centre. The bloke's an animal. 
you see dimwits online all the time turn around and going, oh, well, he can't play Morgan Harper every week. No, he can't play Morgan Harper every week. But he's making 167 metres every single week. He's breaking six tackles every single week. He's solid defensively every single week. Like, you, you good centres don't score tries every week. Joe, Joey Manu is considered the best centre in the league, and he's nowhere near the top of the try scorers. Yeah. So, I mean, Talakai was absolutely outstanding. I gave him my man of the match. Connor Tracy, 179 metres. I'm, I'm torn on Connor Tracy because everyone turns around and goes, oh, he's all effort, he's all heart. He literally cost us two tries. He is all effort, he is all heart. A little bit down on the ability. Yeah. Um, terrible defender. That's that's two tries. You know, he was one on one with Alex Johnson, and Alex Johnson's about as strong as a butterfly. And he got thrown off. And then you, you remember last week, he, like Talamay was basically in touch, and Connell just turned into a wet wipe and fell off of him. Um, so yeah, look, I'm. Ugh, I, I don't I don't know where I stand there. I mean, he's probably the best of what we got, and at this time in the year, you probably can't debut a rookie. Um, Cam McInnes, 150 metres, 55 tackles. I thought he was he was good, but the drop over the line's inexcusable. There was no one around him, no one on his arm. Just clean drop, mate. You've got to grip that better. Ronnie, 129 metres and the try of the week. Unanimously voted the try of the week. Uh, over 90% of votes went to Ronaldo for that try. Toby Rudolph, 120 metres and career high, 51 tackles. He looks so fit going into the back half of this year. He does. Uh, Early 57 tackles, one miss. Aiden Tolman off the bench, 95 metres, 45 tackles. And yet all I've seen is people turn around and say he had one incorrect play of the ball. He did. He did have an incorrect play of the ball. The big mistakes stand out, Terry. Look, I thought I thought Tolman was good. I still think... But I was actually talking to Paul earlier without going into it because, you know, it got quite intimate. We're in a chance where... I wouldn't say we're quite challenging for a premiership, but there's a chance. You know, Penrith are, are brought back to the field and we prove we can beat the Cowboys. And I, I just don't know if Chad can step up in the finals. So there's a chance that Cronulla might be on here because, you know, you get to a grand final against Penrith... Whatever happens on that day. Might be raining. Maybe they all get the flu. You just don't know. So with that in mind, it's not really a time now where you start throwing, you take the feeder and Tolman away and put your Colhouns and your um, and your Hazeltons in now looking towards next season. You don't put your IRO on the wing. You stick with Connor because there is an outside chance at a premiership. I think if we're sitting 13th, those players all play this weekend. So I think the experience – and look, Tolman was very, very good. Defensively, he's probably the best prop we've got. I think Toby's getting there, but, you know, he's got a miss in him, and Tolman doesn't really. Misses the odd tackle, you know, especially while Finucane's out. You know, when Finucane comes in, okay, you can look at a youngster on the bench maybe. So I think he's pretty safe for the rest of the season, and I think he's earned that. He just doesn't have that – he doesn't have that Fafita run in him. Look, Fafita doesn't do that run, and people aren't talking about him this week. Tolman hasn't done that for seven or eight years. So that's where that comes into it. And that's also why people, which we'll talk about later, about a possible departure. Yeah, um, now, Royce Hunt, uh, injured shoulder, scans have come up. Uh, it, it's positive, but it's an AC injury. I think you'll be named, but it wouldn't surprise me if Brad Hamlin really goes into the starting lineup and Royce is a late withdrawal and Jesse Coleman or Tommy Hazleton play this weekend against the Dragons. Dragons don't have a pack that you'd fear. And, I mean, Jesse Colhoun played against some monstrous Cowboys pack and held his own. Um, Will Kennedy today has been ruled out for anywhere between four and six weeks. Some people are saying the season as well. So that's, 
Um, for mine, there it's a no-brainer to put Lockie Miller in. He was fantastic against the, the Gold Coast Titans, and I know it's another rookie move. I don't want to see Nico Hines go to fullback and Braden Trendle go to halfback. It's my biggest fear. Um, I have a feeling though that it's going to happen. I have a feeling that that'll be what comes out in his name tomorrow. But I would look for the names L. Miller and K. Dykes in the reserve just quietly. Look, I haven't gotten any information for that. It's purely, purely a feeling. The way Lockie Miller's been playing for Newtown the last few weeks, it's a no-brainer. The guy's ready to go. I've seen people come out and suggest that Connor Tracy goes to fullback. Get out of here. Look, Ikevalu's been good in the win- and for the Jets. Michael Iro played fullback for the Cook Islands, and that's when people started noticing yeah, look, he, he's a chance. I probably wouldn't be pulling that trigger because even though Lockie Miller has only one NRL game to his name, he's got, you know, 107 games in front of big crowds, you know, medal games, you know, championship games. So this guy's, you know, he's far more likely to handle the pressure of a, a twelve to 14,000, you know, person crowd on Saturday night, which can be a fucking good game just between us. I think it's... It's pretty simple. You put Lockie Miller in. Now, if they do want to go the K Dykes route to see what we got in the future with a game that we should win, you know, and there is always the chance that if Cade, you know, is overawed, he can come off and you can make the switch. You put Nico Hines back there. I don't want Nico Hines in the number one. I You cannot put our best half back out despite Trindle's recent good form. We've seen it. It failed miserably. Let's put it in the never to be done again unless it really, really needs to. Basket. Lockie Miller, I don't know if he'll be named tomorrow, but I fully expect him to run out and play fullback. And I mean, you have to have a look. At, you know, I, I agree with everything you say there. It has, for mine, it has to be Lockie Miller. It's a no-brainer. And this is nothing against Trindle as well, but we need Trindle to be down playing for Newtown in the number seven role on the basis that one of Hines or Moylan go down in the finals, not because we're going to put we're going to take our best player who's now. Second, there was a leak the other day. He's now second in the Dalliums and stick him a fullback where he was horrific. He was really dumb. Can I make a controversial statement, Terry? You can. Or pose a question, perhaps. Look, I think it's fair to say Will Kennedy's been struggling the last few weeks. I think we found out why. A lot of it's got to do with the injury. Uh, he seems to have a little bit of t- too much of that grip stuff they put on their hands, on his hands, because his. Decision-making in the past probably four to five weeks has been pretty shit, to be totally honest. Whereas early in the season, he was the line break tri-assist king. Every time we had an overlap, we scored. Whereas we haven't scored that way in a couple of weeks. It was said in the DMs that maybe it's time to sit Kennedy for a week or two. I I don't know if it was ever going to come to that, but could it have come to that? I don't think, again, this time in the season, I don't think you drop Will Kennedy. There's there's five five weeks or five games to go, and we're fighting for second spot, and Will Kennedy is a big part of that. And, you know, good players have form stumps. There was a couple of weeks there where Sione Katoa looked like the worst winner in the world and then came back and looked like the best winner in the world. You know, Nico Hines can be real quiet and then win your game. Um, I don't think... You know, you, unless Will Kennedy was really injured and said, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely struggling and I can't walk or I can't lift my arms, then he has to, you know, he's, he's, he's our fullback. He's, he's our best fullback. On his day, he's the best fullback we've got at the club, but we, we've seen him struggle. I think the injury to his ankle, which I just saw the replay of the tackle, NRL Physio posted it, 
was a hip drop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, this will be good for him. Look, it's not good for him. Obviously, he's got him for surgery, but it's going to be good for him to refresh. And it's also going to be good for us to see if Lockie Miller is worth keeping around, or do you turn around and, and try and make that trade? You know, next year with it with a team who needs a fullback or needs a five eight. Um, and also, where's he at with Cade Dykes in the pecking order? But for mine, as you said, Miller's played the gold medal games. He's the one that's got to be the fullback. But I don't, getting back to your question, I don't think we were going to drop Will Kennedy in round 21. Look, I, I agree. It was definitely Pose, though, and his form has been down. I think we've seen why now. But, uh, look, I, I our, we're better with him in the squad. And I think the finals charge is dependent on Will Kennedy flying at his best form. Yeah. He's not going to be there for the rest of the year, but if you, you know, someone like Nathan Cleary, if you can get him refreshed and refocused and, you know, the boys rally around him every week saying, you know, when you're back, Will, you're the man for us. And you're right, I think, you know, Will's decision-making, he could have passed, he could have pulled the trigger a couple of times against the Cowboys for uh, Ramian to score, you know, his third and fourth try. He could have pulled the trigger on the weekend. Talakai strolled through a gap untouched right in front of us. Um and the two sets later, Ronaldo scores that try. But you know, it's um, yeah, it's it's a very good question. It's a very good question to ask. Um, you know, his form is down, but you've got to believe him. You've got to believe in Will Kennedy. And the, and the thing that you know that if a player is really out of form, they're dropping those terrible bombs, like those difficult bombs. He ain't dropping bombs, and he ain't making many mistakes defensively. It's it's in attack. So I think he. I think the. He puts too much pressure on himself because of how brilliant he was last year and how brilliant he was at the start of the year. He, you know, he thinks that teams are going to fall for his dummy or he's still got those spiders on him. But you know, teams target him now because he's a quality player. True. Very fair. Um, now, look, let's talk about the uh, – it goes in the golden point. Now, I've got a stat for you here. This was Cronulla's 23rd golden point game, and I'd be struggling to name five for you. Yeah, I know there was a draw on a Monday night. We we, we drew against the Titans in 2016. Yep. Yeah, that was because Maloney couldn't hit the bloody side yeah. of a barn, yeah. We beat the Warriors in Golden Point in 2016. Yep. Outside of that, yeah. oh, Luke Cavill kicked a 40-metre penalty goal in 2008. Dragons? Dragons. Yeah. Remember that one? I know we had a draw on Monday night because we were all excited and it just it ended and you were like, now what? Yeah, apart from that, I think Bryson Goodwin might have scored in the corner in one. No, that was against the Dragons. That, that was the Dragons game. He yeah. took it down to Golden Point. There you go. Yeah, no, look, Golden Point. You know, I personally don't mind the bit of the old Golden Point. Well, I'll get back to that, but, but going into this, we were 10 wins. Mm. Ten losses and two draws. Yep. So now, on the flip side of that, that was South Sydney's fifteenth golden point game. They were eight and seven going into this, so they're now eight and eight. But at one stage, South Sydney were eight and one in golden point. They've lost their last seven golden point games. So any team eight golden point, it's South Sydney. I saw, I saw them mention that on Fox. I thought, oh, that's a good omen. And then um, Burgess went straight through. I was like, ah, well. Now speaking the top. Mm-hmm. He had two big plays in goal point. One, he had that line break where they should have won the game. Yep. Then he had that tackle on Ronaldo. Now, I've watched a replay. I saw it live, and obviously, like, 
I was fanging for blood. I've watched the replay of it. Now, I know you watched it live and you've watched the replay. What are your thoughts? I bear in mind there were three minutes to go in the game. What were your thoughts on that tackle? Look, I thought it was a sin bin when I saw it. I know it doesn't matter. I don't think it was a send-off then. It was a pretty shit tackle. He's, you know, nothing good was ever going to come of that. He was wrong-footed. He, you know, swing an arm, Cotman out on the head. Let it law to send off. They got it right. I think a week's fair. I think, you know, any of the side six weeks that was all nonsense. It was a cupping action. Ronaldo was fine. You know, he wrong-footed him straight up. So I look. I, I don't think the referee. The only thing he could have done incorrectly was let Burgess stay on the field. Whether it's a send-off or a simbin, eh, it doesn't really matter. If that had been in the 10th minute rather than the 127th minute, then we'd be talking about it. As it matters, eh, it doesn't really matter. I Live, I thought it was a send-off. Watching the replay, I'm happy with the send-off because it's the same tackle Will Kennedy did on Reese Walsh. Fair. What I'm glad that they found out, oh, out of the Burgess brothers, Tom is the least, <laughs> the least dirty one out of all of them. You know, George is a grok, and Sam was an absolute piece of dog shit. But Tom is, you know, Tom's the fairest of it, and Tom's the one that you know generally everybody likes. I'm glad that they didn't charge him because of his surname, and they charged him because of the offence. That was only ever a one week suspension. Yeah, I agree. He had no prize. He's been he's been fucking phenomenal this year, Tom Burgess. No prior charges. Two weeks if he takes uh, if he tries to fight it. One week for an early guilty. But I, you know, I, I think I think they graded it right. But at the same time, if that happened in the tenth minute, I don't think he gets sent off. No, I think it's a symbiote. That's it. I've seen some Seahawks fans come out and blame him for the loss. Now. I think that's a little bit harsh because this is a bloke that only really plays 40 minutes and he was asked to play, you know, 60-plus. He made that break and should have won the game for him. And he was the only bloke that got near Ronaldo because Ronaldo was through. We're probably going to score off that or the next possession. So well, I think I mean, it's a bit harsh. If you have a look on the inside, Blake Braley's in under the post. Yeah, so I think Burgess, you know, okay, yeah, he fucked up and he got sent off and he did give away the penalty, etc. But, you know, I, th- I think he was the only one putting in. Now, I do want to say that the offence happened about five metres over the halfway line, and they pulled us back to about the 40 where Nico had to take the kick. No, that's, that's not... Because if, if you actually have a look at it, where he hits Ronaldo is five metres before the halfway line, but Ronaldo flew 10 metres. <laughs> that's incredible. And then it didn't help that Blake Braley started shirtlifting. And <laughs> what a man! How good's Blake Braley just quietly? I want, I want to tell you though, and an, an incident that happened in that uh, melee has got, or you know, going back to the actual tackle from the point of contact, there is something that happened that no one has picked up on apart from Jerry Sutton and the independent doctor. Now, Blake Ilias is running along. To try, you know, he's been wrong-footed by Ronaldo. He's, he's coming to make the tackle. George Burgess has throttled Ronaldo, and as he's got back up, he swung his arm around and his elbow Blake Elias in the side of the head, and nearly knocked him out. Oh wow! Didn't see that. So the reason why it took so long for Nico Hines to be able to kick the ball is not from the touch judge 
telling Nico where he had to kick it from, but the independent doctor was reviewing footage to see if Blake Phillips needed to go off for a HIA. Oh, there you go. No, I didn't even notice. I was too busy watching Braley hitting Burgess's face. <laughs> yeah, now, I, again, I understand where South fans are coming from that Burgess potentially lost in the game because it was tackle for, it was a penalty. We got up, you know, we marched up there and we scored the try. They're not in that game. They're nowhere in that game if Burgess and Totola have COVID. Exactly right. They were the best. Now, I did notice something, Terry. Now, I think Nico Hines was the consensus man of the match. Yeah. You took, not offence, but you don't agree. No. No, like, a couple of a couple of good long kicks, kicks aside, the first two kicks of the game were absolutely awful. His defence wasn't real good. He's he's literally been named man of the match because he's fucking handsome when he kicked a field goal. Yeah, well, no Nico, no field goal, no win, Terry. Oh, look, I don't disagree. I gave Talakai my point, my five points on zero tackle uh, from Toby, and I can't remember who I gave the other two. But um, I, I thought that, you know, Nico iced it, and he is every bit as good as we thought he was. Yeah. We brought him in to win games, and he won a game, so I have no complaints. But I think he was the best player in the game across the 87 and a half minutes. I just want to go back to the, the Burgess incident before I get on to that. Steve Roach said that he, in commentary, Steve Roach said, I don't think Burgess hit him in the head. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that says well, it hit him in the head. It hit him in the fucking knee, blocker. Like, seriously. Going on to, to Nico, look, I understand why, again, he's kicked the field goal. People jump online straight away to vote man in the match. And they go, oh, fuck, Nico kicked the field goal. If you watch a replay of that, the strong carries, because South pinned us in our end, the strong carries came from Talakai, from Rudolph, from... Tracy. And McInnes from Connor Tracy. Um, I gave my 3-2-1 as uh, Talakai, McInnes, Rudolph. Yep. Or maybe I gave Brayley. I might have given young Brayley the one point. Yeah, Brayley was good <laughs> minus that one. Yeah, I, th- I thought, well, no, no, I thought Brayley, the, the, the try that Connor Tracy scored when Brayley picked the ball up from dummy half and, and skipped across and he turned the players on the inside it really... Let the space open for Matt Moylan to Will Kennedy to Jesse, and Jesse gave a great ball. A finish from Connor was very underrated as well. It was very good. It wasn't the Katoa. Wee try. It was just put your head down. He was not going to be denied. No, he wasn't going to be denied, but he did also get hit in the head from Alex Johnson. He's very lucky that you know the video referees don't like giving eight point tries to us. Hey, that's very true. We should have had two in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, just uh, again, I. I hate, I hate Liam busting the referee on here, but just sum up your thoughts on Jerry Sutton's performance for the night. He was shit. Yeah, cool. There we are. Let it go. Our captain's challenges are a big issue. Oh, my God. Look, last week we said, you know, why didn't we challenge? And then we joked that we'd been so bad that we put it away. It's like we did it to get it out of the way this week because as soon as he challenged, everyone in the world, minus Wade Graham, knew that was not going to go our way. Yeah, so Blake Braley was saying that uh, Cam Murray hit the ball. I've watched the replay today, and even Dan Ganane says that there's a finger on there from Cam Murray, but obviously it's, it's inconclusive on that. But two and a half minutes into a game, you don't challenge unless it's glaringly obvious. That was not glaringly obvious. You just got to back your defence. And how good our defence has been and is, you back yourself to hold them out two and a half minutes into the game. <laughs> because... The Ronaldo, the two Ronaldo incidents literally could have been challenged and overturned. 
Yeah, look, the first one, you know, was a howler. It, 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 you know, they tend to go against the defender. I thought the Fafita one, I thought we were hard done by. But the Ronaldo one where he jumped up, got taken out, hit the back of his head, hit the South player's hand, went forward, and then they called a Ronaldo knock-on. Ronaldo's the only bloke on the field that didn't knock the ball on in that play. That was disgusting. That's why the captain's challenge is so important. So, again, and maybe it's a topic for regular outlaws for us to, to try and get some engagement, but should there be a captain's challenge in the first half and the second half like there is in the tennis and the cricket? Well, it's worth thinking about. You know, it does It does encourage you to throw it away in the first half, but, I mean, it's there to get rid of the howlers, and we t- saw two howlers this week. We, and there was all, you know, and in saying that, after Souths made their challenge for the Cody Walker escort, they were also done at a couple where you turn and go, geez, I'm glad they yeah. fucking won the challenge. Lucky they didn't have the challenge. Now, Terry, something that I don't see on your stat sheet. We won a game without Dale Finucane. We did. We did win a game without Dale Finucane. I, I, it was a question that I've got on here, and I didn't have that for you, but if Dale Finucane plays, Junior Sutherland doesn't score that try. No, he doesn't. I don't think he dominates us early either, and I think we're talking about a very different game. Yeah, now, we're speaking of very different games, we're coming up against the St. George Illawarra Dragons this week who are absolutely embarrassed at Cogra, and mainly because they have to turn up to Cogra and it's a shithole. Mm-hmm. Embarrassed by the Cowboys. They were in this game for a long period of time before... They just turned into the Dragons, and Scott Drinkwater reminded everybody that despite the fact that he's been out of form for a couple of games, that he's still a very, very good footballer. That's true. Um, I thought, I thought, you know, from mine, I thought Scott Drinkwater was the absolute player of the week this week across all the NRL games. He was just absolutely phenomenal. Very good. Um, against the Dragons, we don't know what Hook's going to throw out this week. Whether he's going to cut the in by experiment and put him back as the utility for Sloan at fullback, but. I'm not worried about Sloan. He played fullback against us in the, the first time we played when he had about 50 metres. Um, they've got nothing across the back line that scares me. They've got nothing in the forward pack that scares me. Their 5'8 is absolutely terrible. Their halfback is arguably the best player in the competition. So it's once again, like we did to South Sydney, you rush up and you put pressure on Cody Walker. You rush up and you put pressure on Charles Mitchell. You're going to go a long way to win this game. We need to have someone like Cam McInnes just walking across the field targeting Ben Hunt. We win this game comfortably. Yeah, look, very much. There, look, Zach Lomax has made a career out of belting the Sharks up, so I'm a little bit worried about him. I think we really need to shut him down. Uh, ben Hunt's obviously the other one. Up front, yeah, look, there's not much. I think one player made over 100 metres this week. You know, I um, nothing really worries me across that back line except Lomax. What I do hope to see, Terry... Is Jack Bird retained in the centres? Because if he does, I think Jesse Ramian's going to have an absolute field day. Well, the other thing I saw was people were saying we need Bird back in the forwards. So put Mumbai at centre and put Sloan at fullback. Please put Mumbai at centre. <laughs> Please. Please. What? Now, Talakai against Lomax, um, you know, obviously that, that's a side that you think that the Dragons would go after for, you know, his speed and footwork against Talakai. Um but the thing is, it's the Dragons, and they're terrible. Um, I, look, we should be winning this game, and we should be putting a buffer on our forehand against here. Yeah, this is a super important game. This is the banana peel game that Cronulla have historically lost, you know, bar 2016 and 18. So I'm hoping 22 is the year that these games... Well, we, we went down there, and we flogged them in just diabolical like weather. It was... Gross. You know we're going to go down until we saw the forecast, and we're like, eh, let's stay in for this one. 
So, you know, nothing about this dragon side should worry us. Let's hope uh, it doesn't. I look, yeah, I think Cronulla win, win well. Look, if you have a look at the teams that we've actually dropped games to this year that you think you're going to win, the Raiders who, you know, we don't win round one and their season was on life support when they beat us and the Broncos came back into form. Other than that, you, could, you have a look at every other loss and go, yeah, probably, right? Mm-hmm. Um, last year was, a, you know, last year we lost some shitty games. Um, 2020, we didn't beat a top eight team, which means we beat all the shit teams, right? So we've got it in us to beat these, these crappy teams. Um the dragon season's over. It's done and dusted. They will not make the finals. So you've got to hope that they they know that they can't make the finals and they don't give a fuck. You don't want them to become the team that starts disrupting the top eight. And I actually think that's that's the Canterbury Bulldogs at the moment. Yeah. And the fact that they have them in two weeks scares me as well. But um, yeah, I think it's it's at home. It's sold out. As far as I understand, that we've only sold tickets to the away bay. For the Dragons, everything else should be black, white, and blue. You're building. Um, I'm, I'm going to say we win this game by a similar scoreline that we did down in uh, in round three, but I will be offended if the Dragons score 12 points. Yeah, we should. This, should. this is a game that we need to win and win well to really hammer home. Look, we've won the close game. Now it's the chance for us to sit back and enjoy a win from, say, the 60th minute. You know, even beforehand, ideally, but if we're... 10 points clear with 20 to go, a couple tries, you know, 20-point win, perfect. It's going to be a huge crowd down there, Terry. I'll be there, mate. No kids, no daughter to pull rank and say, Dad, I don't want to go to the game this week. You know she's already figured out, Terry. What she said to me was, Dad, why would we go and we can just watch it on TV? And I thought, you little shit, you've worked Ask it out. Foxtel subscriber she is. Look, that's it. Lifelong Foxtel's. Oh, mate, I can't wait. It's going to be a fun one. I think the boys want to head to Northies. We'll see how we go on the weekend. I'm a little bit old for such nonsense. But uh, I think it's going to be a rowdy night in the old bay. Paul's going to join us, which is always trouble. He hasn't hasn't messaged me until he's coming out. But uh, I'm actually uh, taking the oldest daughter to this game. Fantastic. Having some one-on-one time with her before I go on holidays. Your ability. Yeah, looking forward to this. Um... It's been a long time since I've been to a derby, so um, oh, actually we were there last year with Chad Townsend kicked field goal and fucked off. So yeah, that was one of the worst slash greatest nights of my life, Terry. Yeah, yeah, mm. that, that's absolutely fair. That's absolutely fair. We got we got any news? I look at Sharks thirteen plus. Yeah, uh, in, in terms of news, as we said, Will Kennedy injured, Royce Hahn, uh, Talakai with a busted shoulder as well, but he looks like he's going to come through. Um, we are. We have lost the player by by all reports. Oh yeah, Franklin Pele has gone to the Canberra Bulldogs on a two-year deal, but it's a move that I'm not worried about. I see all these people on Twitter going, "Oh fucking hell, we lost Franklin Pele." There's a reason we lost Franklin Pele. He doesn't defend. We had the decision out of Tommy Hazelton and Franklin Pele, and Tom Hazelton makes just as many meters and defends way better. Mm-hmm. Jesse Colhern. He's a way better player than Franklin Pelle. And we've got a young kid in Jersey Fleet who's absolutely tearing it up. Uh, and his name is Jack Martin. And there's our future in the front row stocks right there. Yeah, I think we're going to be okay. I've seen some people blowing up because Pelle is a highlight player. He absolutely belted the bloke in the preseason game and set everyone alight and everyone said Pelle this, Pelle that. This is a bloke that can't make the Newtown side more weeks than not. 
I think that says everything. Now, I, I'm a fan of Pele. I'm on, you know, I'm on multiple media outlets. You know, it, sound, it makes me sound important when I'm really not. Saying that I wish we'd kept Pele. We need to find a way because of the upside. Well, it's not going to keep me up tonight, mate. Uh, no, and it's not. And there's a, there's another player in Newtown that I'd rather sign into our top thirty or a development contract, and that's Brad Cameron Newell's younger brother, Caleb Newell. Spot on. He was he, absolutely, absolutely fantastic on the weekend. He's a phenomenal player, and there's a there's a back rower for Newtown as well. Um, God, his name escapes me, and I knew I was going to get to this, but he's been in sensational form as well. So there's you know this this Newtown partnership, whilst I have been critical at some points about it. It's really, really allowing us to develop to develop our players. Yeah, it really is. Even uh, even Harati, who's you know, not not a favourite of the podcast, he's been spectacular the last few weeks. One of the best centres in the in the New South Wales Cup, where where he should stay. Let's get that on record. But um, yeah, he and he and Ikavalu are ready to go if if we need it. Hopefully, we don't. You know, Braden Trindle had the game of his life this week. He at, for those that haven't seen the game, he tossed our Sydney to shreds. We were twelve nil down. Us being Newtown, in front of a massive crowd of just under 9,000, I'm led to believe, Terry. And Trindle just clicked into a gear that no one else in the competition can go to. So him being our next cab off the rank, as as you said during the week, uh, this past weekend, on Outlaws again, check the show, buy the shirts. Parramatta lose Mitch Moses, and they've got to go to Jacob Arthur. You know, if we lose a half and have to go to Braden Trindle, we win that by an absolute mile. And, but it's the same thing, you know, if, if you lose your halfback and you've got to go to Braden Trindle, well, who's your next cab after that? Luke Metcalf, Lockie Miller, Kane Dykes. Yeah, it's good depth. And then you just said that then uh, in terms of, you know, if Connor Tracy or someone else goes down, Mawini Hirodi, you know, don't love the bloke. You've got Matty Cavallo, you've got Kale Lyro. If you've got an injury in the forwards, you've got Tommy Hazelton, you've got Jesse Colhoun. Yep, looking, looking very, very good, mate. The future, the future is bright. And on that note, how about Boylan? Ding, 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 ding.